the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back. It's hour two already as we gear up for the big battle next week, Tuesday and Wednesday in federal district court to put a temporary hold on Proposition 108, the semi-open primary system here in the state of Colorado, until we get to a full trial on the merits of the thing, which isn't going to happen until 2025. So obviously I'm fired up, looking forward to... uh, getting that thing underway and enjoying talking to you about it just a little bit. But there is so much more to do. And uh, before we dip in to Donald Trump, who is on stage in New Hampshire at yet another presidential rally, let's get a quick reminder of the competition. Secretary Buttigieg. Thank you, Secretary Buttigieg. Secretary Buttigieg. Thank you, Secretary Buttigieg. And the other weird thing about this putative president is he yells a lot. And by the way, guess what? I love it. They said, you're spending all that money. Guess what? That's money saved. Billions of dollars the federal government does not have to pay. Billions and billions of dollars. That's a fact. Yes. If I whisper first and then yell at you, that is very effective. Really, really strange, this guy. So while we have a chance, I know you're dealing with the phones back there. John, are you available to plug me into Donald Trump in the rally real quick? And it's not even close. But I went around with the firemen, the job they do, the policemen, the job of keeping people alive. But sometimes they'll have to do it four or five times with the same person. And oftentimes that person doesn't make it eventually. Nikki Haley opposed my border wall very strongly. She condemned my strong border policies, and they really worked. They really worked. I mean, I put in policies. I didn't want people coming in from countries that hate us, that want to blow up our shopping centers and kill our people. And so we didn't let them come in, and we had a... You know, I wanted to talk about it so badly during that four-year period. Two and a half, three years went up. I said, I want to talk... But I don't want to mention it, because if I mention it, the next day they'll have a problem, and they'll say, see... But we went, now I can talk about it with great pride, we went four years without any terrorist problem because we kept them out. We kept them out. And remember, Iran was broke under the Trump administration. Iran was broke. I said to China, if you buy one barrel of oil from Iran, you're not going to do any business in the U.S., and we're going to put 100% tariff on everything you have. They said, like we said, uh, we're not going to buy any oil. But I did that with many countries, and yeah, they were this, ap- this they stuff were resonates. Broke. If you remember back, not you can pot that you go down, back John. Thank three you. Three and a half years. Ago. The, this is such meat and potatoes for average, normal, working Americans. Used to be the bread and butter of the Democrats, but now the Democrat Party is the Communist Party. It's the Marxist Party. It's the radical left. Chop up children. Suck babies into sinks party. 
open the border as wide as you can and let in millions, invite millions of people to come in. It's, it's just absolutely incredible. And that's why they've got to throw everything at this guy. At the World Economic Forum in Davos, one of the topics of conversation is how to de-Trump, how to protect economies, world economies from Trump. The world was doing well under Trump. These people are terrified. And we've got some audio we'll play later. We're going to do some phone calls now, but we've got some audio that we'll play later of people who threw it back in the face, right in their faces, right there at Davos. I don't know if I got any audio of the Argentine president. Maybe we can share some of the words that he, um, the truths that he told. But the president of Heritage, the Heritage Foundation, Dr. Kevin Roberts was in Davos, and he laid it on, laid it out strong. But we'll save that for later because right now we've got calls to attend to. And we'll get back to the phones with Mike in Littleton. Welcome, sir, to the show. Hi, Hi, Randy. Um, hey, I have uh, a couple questions for you about uh, John Eastman. And um, I'd, I'd heard you mention his name is going to be, I guess, co-counsel on that case you're working on. Um, so the first question is, first of all, I'm, a, uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm an admirer of his scholarship and his legal um, acumen. So first question is, weren't they the state of California or the bar there trying to take away his license. And do you know the status of that? Yeah, the, it was weeks and weeks of trial, Mike. And, Uh um, and now just waiting the judge's ruling and you can guarantee, you can rest assured that they're going to suspend his license. I, I would have, I'd put money down on that and I'm not a betting man. Uh, it's, uh, that, that, that troubles me. You know, it, it feels like persecution. And my, my other question, and they're, they're connected because um, he was a visiting professor at the Benson Center at CU. And uh, they, as soon as they, at the, insur- the quote-unquote insurrection occurred with Trump and all that nonsense, they kicked him out of there, kicked uh, John Eastman. Um, and I thought you and uh, Chuck Bonniewell were going to try to take that one on, too. Is there a status on that? Yeah, we had a rally up there um, right on the right on the corner next to the CU campus. We yeah. called CU on the carpet for their hypocrisy um, and their, you know, their violation of their own standards, published standards, et cetera. We did send them a preservation letter ordering them to keep all of their records um Mm -hmm. and i say order we're not judges or anything but a lawyer can issue a letter that if uh if a potential defendant doesn't preserve evidence the fact that they didn't preserve the evidence can be construed against them when you finally get them to court but ultimately the lawfare that came down on john eastman and the toll it was taking on his family and, and his time uh, he made the decision not to go ahead and file that lawsuit because he's just got bigger fish to, I guess I'd say bigger sharks to fend off. So the, that that's over now, statute of limitations, all of those things are, um, that suit will not come to fruition, but we sure would have loved to do it. Well, as an outsider, just an ordinary, you know, and by the way, uh, I've got a book, A Guide to the Constitution, Ed Meese compiled it. Eastman is is in there. He's a big part of that. You know, it's it's the cases he's been involved with and the research. And it's like 
this feels to me as an outsider like such uh, persecution by the system, by the legal um, institutional system on one of their own and because of differences in political views only. Not, he, he, I can't figure out what he did wrong to deserve this. He he did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing. And this is lawfare. This is political theater. It's designed to drain resources, drain energy, to convince others to back down, back away, uh, shut up. And uh, and I, I got to give him credit because every time I talk to him, and it's daily right now because we're getting ready for this case, of course, but every time I talk to him, his his spirits are good. His mind is super sharp. I mean, he's not quite up to Biden's level, but he's really, really close. Uh, and he's just uh, he's a fighter and there's no back down in him. There's no plea bargain to be had or, you know, anything like that. I, I just don't see any of those things happening. He is going to fight his way through this and uh, and, you know, deal with whatever consequences corrupt uh, prosecutors uh, may f- figure out a way to dish out. But, yeah, he'll, he will be losing his license. I have really no doubt about that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that uh, really troubles me. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, well, if, you know, if you if you talk to him, it sounds like you will. Let him know that there's at least one ordinary citizen out here that can clearly see this is wrong, and we're rooting for him. And, uh, boy, I hope we can get him through and come out the other side. Well, and, Mike, what really bothers me, and I understand the left, they they hate their political opponents. They'll use any tools available to take them out, including the legal system. But what I really hate is the casual way in which some people who just have no knowledge about or reality need a reality check about, you know, what's gone on on January 6th, what advice was given to the president and conversations regarding Mike Pence and all of that kind of stuff, and just so cavalierly seem to celebrate that this one of the most impressive constitutional scholars of our time may be temporarily taken out of the game. Now, all that'll do is keep him from actually arguing in court or signing pleadings. He can write things. He can work as the most supreme paralegal ever. And they just need a lawyer to sign and a lawyer to argue. So he's not going anywhere. But it's going to be a stain on his reputation until we finally get the truth out about all of this nonsense and if we can reelect Donald Trump, I am confident that will happen. He would not be able to appear before the Supreme Court then? Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, here's here's the way it works. It's up to individual jurisdictions, individual courts on how they react to a suspension. But how and I've never, you know, been suspended or formally disciplined or, you know, anything like that. Um so I just know this from, you know, reading about it and seeing what happens to other people. But once you if you get a formal discipline of any kind, you have to report it to any other bar association that you're licensed under. And then it's okay. up to that jurisdiction to determine how to deal with it. Now, you know, a red state problem is these bar associations, even in red states, are very, very left quite often. So it seems like it. Yeah. And, and I say bar association. That's really the wrong word. It's the attorney regulation or discipline, the, the different names in different states. Um, but it, it's a concern, and uh, and I'll be sorry to see it happen, but he expects it, I expect it, and I also expect him to survive it and come out brighter than ever on the other side. And, Randy, you know, the advice that he was giving to Trump 
regarding, you know, certifying the election or whatever, however you want to phrase it. He was just wasn't that just based on his constitutional research and his knowledge of, um, you know, past history and, and constitutionalism? hundred percent. And if you uh, even if and, and I don't agree that he was doing this, but even if a lawyer is giving advice to a client that will stretch the law, that will create new law, that will challenge old law, even long established law, if there's a good faith basis for that advice, for that uh, proposed change or that argument against the current state of law. And again, I'm not conceding that that was the case with John Eastman and Donald Trump when it came to the election. Um, But even if that's the case, that is not grounds for discipline. A lawyer... Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's lawfare at its worst. They have the advantage when they have these Democrat-controlled cities in Georgia. Obviously, Washington, D.C. is a Democrat cesspool. And uh, and it, so these are very trying times, very dangerous times for our country. Yes. But all we can do is just keep slugging, right? Absolutely. Thanks for the updates. I really appreciate it. Well, Mike, that was a great call. I really appreciate you listening and calling in tonight. Take care. All right. Take care. And we can push this break. Let's uh, let's not keep Tim on hold any longer. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Randy. Uh, I just wanted to mention I had an unusual experience when I was uh, – getting my groceries tonight at King Supers, I, I only bought, I think it was 49 dollars in groceries. And that, I asked that, the could cashiers, have, that could have fit in your pocket. Yeah, it, you know, it wasn't very much. <laughs> no. But my, my logical mind was telling me, because I'm trying to use common sense in the world we live in today, so I'm thinking, well, the government allows us to steal $999.99 worth of goods, services, whatever. <laughs> And I thought, well, I asked the cashier for my 800 and what would it be? 840 some dollars, 50 some dollars worth of change. 851. She looked at at me like I was nuts. (laughs) And, you know, I just just can't understand. I think the same people that legislated, you know, the, or made these laws that allow people to steal that much without, you know, just getting a slap on the hand. Well, if they only got 30 or 40 dollars worth of merchandise they should go to the same legislatures and make them pass laws that allow them to get their 800 and whatever some dollars in change because you know they may not have the opportunity to do that again it's it's only fair that they get their 999 dollars and 99 cents worth of goods isn't it amazing that we live in a country where some States and some cities have allowed this kind of garbage to go on. It's you know that's that's garbage. But the the government in the state of Colorado not allowing me to vote for the candidate that I want that's worse. <laughs> that that really upsets me. Well, rest assured, and, rest assured that is going to be resolved. And, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah. But I wanted to thank you for standing up. I know you, you're on a timeline there. I want to thank you for standing up and, and you know, ho- holding fast on all these things that have proven to be true. You know, Thanks. I, I think people are starting to open their eyes to it. So. I, I really feel that way. And, you know, I've come through a dark time with the loss of my wife. And so my spirits have been down and everything else. And, and maybe sure. it's it's partly this court case. It's getting past a couple of really negative things that happened at the start of this year. 
Um, but I, I'm, I'm starting to feel it. You know, I'm starting to feel the fight come back. I'm starting to feel confident that we live in a country where God is in charge and people are waking up. And with kids and grandkids, man, if you're not motivated to try and wake people up and, and turn this thing around, then, you know, what other purpose can you have? Well, you know, I'm, I'm making these comments when I'm out in public. I've, I've been saying this almost in every place I've had to pay for something that, you know, I would like to have my change back. <laughs> and, you know, when, I, I'm, I'm trying to get people to think about how ridiculous this whole thing is. And, and you know, by, by doing a little levity, I'm hoping that the common sense comes back to them, you know. I, it just doesn't make sense. I think it's great, uh, Tim. And, and, you know, it reminds me of, like, those little stickers that we all got and we were sticking on gas pumps where it said, I did that, a big smiling Joe that, Biden yeah. pointing at the sure. $4 an hour gasoline and or $4 sure. a gallon uh, gasoline and all of that. So, yeah, I and I'm so glad you're doing your part. Everybody needs to think of some way to touch somebody, you know, and not the way – Joe Biden touches, especially around little girls and kids, but uh, right. but touch their mind, it, open their it's eyes. It's disgusting. It really is. Oh, I I had well, that I had that audio last weekend, and I saw the video of him sniffing up this teenage girl and mm-hmm. the way she pulled away from him, and he he just targeted her. I mean, it was like girl. Yeah, you know, it's not normal. It's not normal. Tim, great call. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I don't want to take your time, but thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You bet. Boy, let's keep those calls coming. 303-696-1971. 696-1971. Nick, you're on deck when we return, but right now we do have to take a break because, man, oh, man, this night is flying by. 623 here on 710-KNUS. I want to thank you because it makes me that much stronger. Fighting is the theme tonight, and it's in part because I always get amped up before a trial. We've got the big Prop 108 preliminary injunction hearing kicking off Tuesday this week, downtown Denver. I'm excited about that. But more than that, I just finally feel like I've kind of crossed that threshold from, uh, you know, the uh, just so much negativity, so much sadness. Uh, New listeners, uh, my wife passed away unexpectedly in June of last year, seven months ago can't believe it's been that long and just for so long couldn't figure out a way to flip the switch and you know that doesn't mean that sadness doesn't purvey into moments and walking around the house and you know that will never change had a guy uh, one of my dearest friends like a brother to me uh, who I hadn't spoken with in a long time 84 years old now very young 84 when when I was in my 20s and he was in his 40s, he was very young then as well. Um, he lost a wife probably, he was probably 45 years old. And um, she died right there on their bed of hypoglycemia. And an unbelievable, very rare cause of someone to die. And he said, he said, when I lost Hannah, he said, you never, you know, you never get over it. And I get that. And I, I don't, I don't even necessarily want to get over it. I just want to have a way to live where I don't feel that way all the time, where, you know, I've got the fight back in me. I've got the the purpose and the direction and the things for my life um, that continue to be important for me. And I feel like I'm flipping that switch. And maybe it's part this trial. Maybe it's 
the ass kicking that Trump gave his uh, re- so-called Republican opponents, kind of the the traitorous, I'll never run against Donald Trump folks, uh, splattered them. Looks like Ron DeSantis is, in fact, the New York Times did a whole major piece on how Ron DeSantis now is um, quietly putting together the exit ramp for his presidential campaign. Did you see the look? Did you see the video? We'll get to the phones here in a minute, so sit tight. Did you see the video of Nikki Haley when a reporter, she didn't know it at the time, and a reporter told her, um, Governor Haley, what what's your comment on Tim Scott, your own home state senator, coming out and endorsing Donald Trump? And her eyes showed it all. All of her emotions were, and she kept a poker face, but her eyes, I'd never seen her eyes like that. She almost looked crazed for a minute. It was really, really odd. And then she said, um, you know, we'll we'll see what he has to say or we'll see how it plays out or, or something like that. And went back to campaigning and her face sort of went back to normal. But it was a major thunk. And the other part of it is, you know, with five grandbabies on the ground, kids who are trying to make it through in this very expensive world now with children of their own got to stay energized got to keep people motivated got to motivate people who are feeling defeated or depressed or whatever and um, so anyway that's why the change in tone with the music the fight songs tonight etc and uh, one more thing I want to do before we go to the phones is Contrast and compare. Because here's the Democrats guy. Secretary Buttigieg. Thank you, Secretary Buttigieg. And then, of course, any time that Biden gets involved with a teleprompter, it's not pretty. What would your wife say, Joe? Over here, she said, Joe, hush up, boy. Over here, she said, Joe, hush up, boy. Yeah. So before we go to the phones, let's just compare that, the putative president of the United States, the so-called commander-in-chief. We know his puppet strings are being pulled elsewhere. Let's compare that to the presumptive and now really preemptive Republican nominee, Donald Trump have to do Putin would have never done it we didn't even have to do a settlement but we could have made a settlement all those cities would be thriving now the beautiful golden domes that are ripped down a thousand year old buildings that are ripped down you can never replace it all those lives that are lost the lives that are lost are so much greater than what you're being told the lives are it's just tremendous I'll get it solved I'll get it solved before I even get into office we will restore peace through strength and they understand that There's a great man, a great leader in Europe, Viktor Orban. He's the he's the prime minister. Let's go ahead and pot that down. We got callers on hold. But uh, yeah, these populist leaders are popping up everywhere. People have had enough, and the Democrats know that the people of the United States have had enough. And that's why they're pulling out all the stops to try and keep Trump off your ballot, certainly to try and keep him out of the White House. 
but not by having better policies, not by being able to point to a better track record, not by having a candidate who can string a sentence or two together, but by lying, cheating, using the courts, using bogus claims, using corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media. But there's some things they can't do anymore. They can't keep alternative views off of X, the biggest platform. They can't silence people who have the courage to continue to talk through all of the lies, all of the deception. And they certainly can't change the reality of people's lives. It's a disaster out there. And if you live in a Democrat-controlled city, especially, you know exactly what I mean. All right, let's go back to the phones now. Nick is in Denver. Nick, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and, and uh, condolences to your loss. Uh, when I was a young age, I lost my entire family, and it's one of those things that uh, the best you can do is is to try to come up with a new equilibrium, but you never get over it. You never get over it. It's always there, at least for me. Nick, and, do you, uh, Nick, I'm so sorry for your loss. And my God, do you mind me asking? Was it an accident? Uh, what what happened? Uh, my twin sister died of a rare disease, and uh, they were killed in a car crash when I was 19 and, uh, and before. And I just, uh, God. Uh, uh, I I didn't. Anyway, I'm here, but it's always with. It's always going to stay with you. It never goes away. What time does do? <clears throat> it does. It does erode some of the sharp edges, but it's always there in some form. You never get over it. Yeah. Well, I, I've certainly heard that from folks. What I what I have also heard and am discounting, I refuse to allow it to be the experience that I now have to go through, is I've heard from some widowers that, you know, it that the second year is worse than the first. And I, and I, I first of all, I don't know how it could be. But number two, I just refuse to agree with that or accept it or at least not fight it off with everything that I've got. And I, I lost my brother to a car crash as well over 40 years ago now, Nick. So I, I have a sense of that. But, God, losing your – number one, losing a spouse is just impossible. But losing your, you know, both your parents in a crash we, – we have a friend whose mom and dad, uh, like a 17, 18 car pileup. In Illinois, I think, might have been a different state. And theirs was the only fatality. Uh, and they were both just crushed by a semi that uh, went out of control and came across the highway. And, uh, oh, God, the things that happened to us. I, I just don't understand it. Well, I mean, uh, if you know a little bit of the history of the Second World War, the, uh, the Navy and the Army all had a tradition of keeping family members together. And finally, in uh, April of 42, the Sullivan brothers, there were five Sullivan brothers, I'm sure you know the story, were all on the same ship. The ship was torpedoed, and all five brothers died. And I think something like, it's like the uh, opening scenes of uh, Saving Private Ryan, where they go searching for Private Ryan because he's the last surviving member of the family, and they want to get him out of a combat zone and bring him back home. It's the same situation, but uh, you hear stories like that, and you wonder how people even survive after something like that. And uh, a lot of people don't. They, they, but 
most of most of them you do and and you you're like a wounded uh, warrior you just have you find some way everybody's different to find a to to keep going to keep going and that's all you can do well nick i i'll tell you one of the things that has helped me dig back out and and i've had multiple blessings come into my life too uh, two new grandbabies, you know, since I lost my wife last year and, and, um, just so many other things. Uh, I met a, a woman who's a, a widow who lost her husband about a month after I lost my wife. And we've been a wonderful source of support and understanding for each other. And so I've had all of those things, but when I start feeling sorry for myself, I think back to the history I've read, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, all of those things, and and still ongoing, you know, our soldiers who come home with arms and legs, eyeballs blown or whatever, and I, I have to realize, as awful as it is, um, that people still do find a way, and, and how could I do any less than that? Well, anyway, uh, just keep the faith, and if you yes, comments sir. I want to make, the one thing that really bothers me about the Republicans <clears throat> is something you already know. There are not enough people, uh, uh, Republicans out there, who are willing to get into the trenches and fight. And the one thing that the Democrats do have, they all march in unison. When you see these, these congressional votes, you rarely see a defector on the Democratic side. You see a lot more defections on the Republican side. And until we realize what we're up against and get more and more people willing to get into the trenches and fight, just like the Democrats do, we're going to continue to have a really rough time in this country. That's the one thing the Democrats do very, very well. They march in lockstep, and they rarely have a defection. 100%. I I hear you. I will tell you that uh, there is a courageous leadership team now running the Colorado State GOP. There was at least a third or or darn near a third of us on the Republican National Committee, uh, and I'm the National Committee man for Colorado, who were willing to say no to Ronna McDaniel for a fourth term. Uh, and so, you know, it takes a long time to turn the Titanic around, but slowly and surely more people of courage who realize that the old way is just simply the slow, you know, the Republicans have just been utilized to sort of slow down our plummet to the left uh and we're we're not taking it anymore and so that motivates me as well nick and i i hope you uh, are paying attention so you can get hopefully inspired a little bit by those of us who are willing to continue to swing wheel and deal baby that's that's the name of the game all right take care and god bless thank you for the call nick really appreciate it sorry for your loss sir thank you bye-bye all right yeah and Another thing that, you know, helps keep me going is you hear a story like Nick's or uh, the friend I mentioned who lost her parents just a few weeks ago, major pile up, and her parents were the only ones who were who were killed. And so, yeah, uh, life is beautiful. Life is promising. Life is uh, amazing at times, and life can be just brutally, brutally painful at times as well, but we are called to keep going, and uh, I've had so much support from you guys uh, and just so many people around the state and family and everybody else. It's uh, how could I let you down? I just won't do it. So 642, 
think lines are open now if you were trying to call before. 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Very limited on the text to studio tonight. That's usually one of our busiest places on a Saturday night. But either way, I'm here. I hope you'll stick around. You're listening to 710 KNUS. Yeah, I was just caught up in the lyrics on that song. If it's a fight, I'm ready to go. How about you? 303-696-1971. Welcome back. Randy Corcoran here. What is it, about 648, uh, 34 degrees now in Aurora. Nope, down to 33 in Aurora, but still hotter over there in hell, 34 degrees in Denver. And we're supposed to see 51 tomorrow. Maybe 50s, Monday, Tuesday, maybe all the way through Wednesday. So you can finally get rid of the uh, ice blocks on your deck or stuck around your sidewalk or your driveway or whatever. Man, oh man, that was a cold, cold stretch. Last week in this studio, uh, it got so cold that I had to put on my parka and run hot water over my hands. It was unbelievable. And I think they shut the heat down in these big buildings on the weekends after like five o'clock. So, uh, but it's beautiful tonight. It's great in the studio, hot as can be. And you're keeping it hot with great calls. Let's see how our next call goes, though. Our old friend, Kami Dave from San Francisco calling in. Dave, welcome back to the show. I was spoiling for a fight. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, the, uh, first of all, not a communist. Second of all, what are you? My great great, uh, I my great 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 grandpappy signed the Declaration of Independence, so I consider myself a 1776 conservative, and <laughs> yeah, I don't sure. like the idea. Yeah, sure. Well, you're the liar, man. You you picking a fight? Well, go for it. the uh, The name of the game is you and your slimy crew are trying to smear taxation with representation. You want to cut the taxes for the rich so they don't pay taxes but they they can buy the supreme court and they can buy congress so they get representation without taxation so what do you call that so dave what happens to the amount of you didn't answer did you what happens um, a coward what happens to the coward (laughs) Uh, we always (laughs) love commie dave dave what happens when when shove it up your ass buddy wow I guess Dave doesn't want to engage in a little bit of back and forth. By the way, we did not hang up on him. You can say ass on the radio. A few other words that you we'd have to dump you for, but we did not dump Dave. I I don't think I've ever dumped Dave. I love to hear Dave diatribe because he exposes himself uh, for the left-wing kook that he is, he lives in San Francisco. He rides his bike around. People are fleeing California because of left-wing, commie Dave-style kook policies. But the simple question I was going to ask him, oh, no, 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 I don't care. Uh, you didn't dump him, right? Yeah, I didn't think so. He just he wanted to get in his little name call and then hang up. Uh, commie cowards, I guess. But anyway... The simple question that I was going to ask Kami Dave in San Francisco is uh, one that I know the left doesn't like to hear and, and really doesn't like to answer. When you cut tax rates, 
what happens to the revenue coming into the United States Treasury? Answer, it goes up. Why does it go up? Because people have more money to spend. People have more money to invest. Commerce increases. The start of, of businesses increases. And so when you, the Trump tax cuts, which he promises on the campaign trail, I'm sure he's talking about it tonight, um, created record revenues to the Treasury. And that it happened under Reagan. It happened under um, Trump. And it happened, heck, you can go all the way back to Calvin Coolidge. Lower tax rates stimulates economic activity, which creates higher tax revenue to the government. And so, um, yeah, that would have been the question I would have loved for our friend Kami Dave to answer, but uh, he left us, so so be it. And uh, he'll call back again. He, he usually pops out of whatever... Uh, out from under whatever rock he's living under. I don't know, every three months or so seems like, I wonder if that's, I wonder maybe he's in therapy or rehab. Hmm. I don't know. But in any event, a lot more for us to talk about, but since Dave got me thinking about great presidents, let's tap back in for just a moment to the Trump rally as it continues in New Hampshire. Where Hunter Biden's laptop from hell was Russian disinformation and the FBI knew it wasn't. But 51 intelligence agents said it was. And the Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. And we have a man who is totally corrupt and the worst president in the history of our country who is cognitively impaired and in no condition to lead and is now in charge of dealing with Russia and possible nuclear war, which would be World War III and far more devastating than any of the previous world wars, because the weaponry that no one has even thought about is so devastating, so far beyond anything ever thought before. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is all you get. And they are indeed the enemy of the people. They refuse to discuss the Biden crime family, but enjoy covering the false indictments of Donald J. Trump, who has done nothing <laughs> All wrong right, we can, we can zip out of there. A couple of things I want to talk about in the final hour of the show. I've got this great audio from um, the president of the Heritage Foundation, who got in the face of the elitists and the globalists, the one world orderists out there in Davos at the World Economic Forum. And it was just great. The uh, president of Argentina did the same thing. I didn't take time to grab any of that audio. We might read some of his comments. But they're no longer able to have their quiet little powwows and pat each other on the back and come up with their schemes and their mechanisms. Their, one of their topics is how to um, protect world economies from Trump. I've just compare the last four years to the current four years. It's happening. People are waking up. You should be excited. You should be proud. 
But since we had a moment to hear from soon-to-be President of the United States, not soon enough, but soon-to-be President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, let's remember the power, the sophistication of the current competition. The blood of liberty, or excuse me, the, excuse me, the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. <laughs> well, guess what, man? I didn't see a whole lot of patriots that are out there walking around making sure that we have these weapons. Well, and if you really want to worry about the government, you need an F-16. I, God, Biden. The blood of liberty, or excuse me, the, excuse me, the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. Well, guess what, man? Oh, Lord. Thomas Jefferson, you're not. And by the way, guess what? I love it. They said, you're spending all that money. Guess what? That's money saved. Billions of dollars the federal government does not have to pay. Billions and billions of dollars. That's a fact. What a clown show. And we're living through it. Interesting. I told you that I would try and keep tabs on the federal trial going on in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, regarding um, voting machines. Dominion voting machines are there as well. And um, U.S. District Judge Amy Totenberg, who suppressed uh, an election integrity report, the Halderman report, for literally a couple of years, a federal uh, hired court overruled that and uh, uh, had that report released. But um, during this trial, so they're back in trial in front of this judge who um, people who observe her, and I know nothing about her, say that she's very left-leaning. I hope that's not true. But um, yesterday, J. Alex Halderman, the author of the Halderman Report, was able to, and this is being reported by John Basham, was able to hack a Dominion voting tabulator in front of Judge Totenberg using only a pen to change vote totals. So I didn't see it myself. I'm just reporting what someone else is saying about this this um, incredible election case that's going on, Georgia's Secretary of State and his policies and his statements are on trial there as well. And um, when this trial is over and we see the results of it, we will try and get Garland Favorito back on the show because he and voter GA in Georgia are have been behind a lot of this movement that has brought so much of this information back into the forefront. Very, very important stuff. The lies of the left, the lies of 2020, the lies of January 6th, they're all coming undone. Stay with us. Final hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.